Welcome back to the 49 Away Podcast. The mini hiatus is over and we are back with another episode right before Christmas. Week 16 should be a great Christmas slate coming up and your San Francisco 49ers faithful are headed to the postseason for the third time in the last four years under Kyle Shanahan and for the second time under Kyle Shanahan, the Niners are NFC West champions after clinching the division on Thursday night a week ago today over the Seahawks. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk Pro Bowl selections. We're going to talk this week's upcoming game against the Commanders. That could be a potential wildcard matchup. We'll talk a bit about that too. Injuries, Javon Kinlaw coming back. A whole lot to get to on this week's episode. So keep a lock. Got a lot of Niners content coming your way. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more 49ers news and analysis. We're back, faithful. Welcome back to the 49er Way podcast, the mini hiatus. I know we were on a little bit of one, but we're back right before Christmas. And the 49ers, since the last time we were on this podcast, the Niners got whooped by the Kansas City Chiefs. A few weeks later, well, not even a few weeks later, it's probably two months later now, your San Francisco 49ers are NFC West champs, baby, and we're headed to the postseason for the second straight year. Back atop the division, the playoffs are coming back home to the Bay, at least for wildcard weekend. We'll see what happens in the next three weeks, but a lot to talk about. The Niners are red hot, easily one of the hottest teams in football right now, winning seven in a row, NFC West champions. Brock Purdy leading the way, we haven't even got a chance to talk about that injuries headlines now we can finally sit a little comfortable and talk playoffs so we'll get into all of that and much more on this episode jay sahota zach chevy chevy long time no talk brother but hey we're headed to the postseason man so let the fun begin yes sir it's a perfect time to get back on the podcast and start talking 49ers our playoff spot is secure you know i don't want to say we were bad luck but after the chiefs when we stopped doing the podcast we went on a seven game win streak so you know it's good to be a niners fan right now but if we we lose to the commanders on saturday we're we're done for the season (laughs) yeah yeah, podcast podcast is done calling it quits (laughs) but yeah no it's been an unreal turnaround for the Niners. I mean, we saw it a bit last year after a struggle, you know, that loss to the Chiefs hurt, but we kind of expected it. You know, CMC just came in, didn't really know the playbook. A lot was going on. The defense let up 44 points, uh, you know, something you just don't see from this defense. And uh, after that, that defense got together. They figured out what the problem is, and we haven't let up more than 17 points since uh this defense is all pro this defense is the best in the league and ever since christian mccaffrey learned the playbook and since that rams game this offense has been first in the league in a rating second in yards per attempt everything has just been on fire for the niners unstoppable as you mentioned Brock Purdy's now at the helm every niners fans knows this and he looks like the real deal which you know i I didn't fully expect that when Brock Purdy came in. I said, listen, you know, Shanahan doesn't need a real quarterback. He needs a guy who can run his system. And Brock Purdy looks just like that. But he's impressed me looking like a veteran out there in his rookie season. Dude's been incredible. Dude's been incredible. He has been everything and more. We'll talk a whole lot about Brock Purdy um, with the next 30, 40 minutes of this episode. But, like, he's been incredible, but not just that. This team has been incredible. And I think 
I was literally thinking about that today too. I'm like, if the Niners go on a run here, which they're already on a run, but in a deep, you know, deep into January, potentially a Super Bowl, you know, and it's already happened. Brock Purdy's only started two football games, and everybody's like, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy. But this offensive line deserves some love right now. Christian oh, yeah. McCaffrey, like you said, McCaffrey's been he he has been the engine of this offense as we all thought he would. But the way that Kyle Shanahan has managed to make him such an important role of this offense so quickly has been incredible. And I'm going to get to Kyle Shanahan. We're going to, I literally need to give my flowers to him in a, in a little bit. Debo obviously goes down, but he was doing his thing. Kittle's been awesome. A late Juwan Jennings get involved. BA's had an awesome season. This entire offense deserves a lot of credit because Brock Purdy comes in. He's young. Yes. Brock Purdy's doing some things where you're like, wow. And that's the real reason why we're sitting here and we're like, damn, Brock Purdy, like this team looks very good. When we thought when Garoppolo went down, it's over, right? We're about to put in, you know, Mm -hmm. put it in the, put put the season to rest and that's it. Not so fast. Brock Purdy comes in and we're like, dude, this I've seen, I have not seen Kyle Shanahan call an offense the way that he has with Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey in this offense. It's very, very different than it has been in the past. And I think this offense as a whole deserves a lot of credit, but most importantly, Kyle Shanahan deserves a lot of credit. What he has done this entire season, mainly during this seven-game win streak, has been nothing short of outstanding. And I know, I get it, and again, we're going to get into a little bit you know, now since I'm already bringing it up, this whole Coach of the Year debate. The fact that the Niners already won their division with everything they've went to, three different quarterbacks, how is that not coach of the year worthy? Especially if this team makes the Super Bowl, it should be a wrap. Okay, okay. Listen, I love Kyle Shanahan. I was part of the 90,000% of uh, Niners Nation that was, you know, down on him in middle of the year when we weren't doing well. So I got to give him all the credit in the world for taking this offense, for taking two quarterback injuries on your third string quarterback and making this a 10 and 4 team, no matter the circumstances. But Nick Sirianni is going to win coach of the year. And it has nothing to do with Kyle Shanahan. Even if we went uh, 16 and 0, right? Or even if we finished the season off perfect. I don't think there's a way that uh, Kyle Shanahan wins the award unless, you know, now that Jalen Hurts is injured, if they go on, if they lose out the Eagles, then I could see Kyle Shanahan winning it. But, you know, Nick Sirianni, what he's done in his first year for the Eagles, yes, they're a stacked roster, kind of like the Niners. But, you know, first season, you got to give credit with him too. He's been amazing. He will most likely win coach of the year. But Kyle Shanahan deserves respect on his name and deserves to be part of that conversation. And it's kind of ridiculous that he's not part of that conversation, considering, as you said, he took the third-string quarterback, and he's winning games. We're on a seven-game winning streak with two of those games Brock Purdy has started in, and one Brock Purdy took over halfway through. So, so much credit needs to be given to Kyle Shanahan, and so much credit needs to be given to John Lynch. I mean, he's assembled this team mm-hmm. and get and going out and getting Christian McCaffrey. Yes, the price was high, but that was worth every single pick. Ever since Christian McCaffrey has come here, the offense has been insane, insane. And and you know the one thing I worry about, and you know I don't want to get pessimistic. I don't want to talk about injuries, but. 
Christian McCaffrey has been injured the last two seasons and you're going into the playoffs soon. I don't necessarily want to see what I saw last week where Christian McCaffrey had 26 carries and six receptions the week before when he only had 14 rushes and two receptions. That is the perfect volume right now for a team that's already in the playoffs. Who's already injury riddled. No, I'm hundred percent with you. I I do think that Christian McCaffrey, there's no need to run him as the workhorse. Like they have been knowing that, you know, everything's been clinched. Do I think they're probably going to run him a ton in this commander's game? Probably because they're still trying to get that two seed, but like Mm -hmm. in week 18, if unless we're tied with the Vikings and we're playing for the two seed, then sure, play Christian McCaffrey. Otherwise, I, w- I would either, sure, make him active, but like do not play him a ton at all. I know Kyle Shannon already admitted that he doesn't want to rest players. I think week 18, you should rest at least some. Not a ton of them, but some. I'm saying like Bosa, Debo. In fact, I don't even want to see Debo the rest of the regular season now that everything's clinched. I don't need, like there's no need to rush that dude back. We need him for four weeks in January. We don't need him for the next three weeks against the Raiders and the Cardinals and the Commanders. Nah. So I think Shanahan kind of talked about that. I think it was yesterday or today. He briefly brought that up that we're going to take it easy with Debo. Thank God. I don't want to see him until wildcard weekend. But yeah, I would like to see them be a little smart knowing not just McCaffrey, but a lot of players on our team. They can be a little injury prone. So we want this year alone. We've dealt with a lot of injuries early on. Want to play it safe. So I hope Shanahan, I know he doesn't want to bench nobody, but be smart about the situations here to make sure that we're not avoid, you know, we are avoiding a lot of these injuries down the stretch here. Back to the coach of the airport. Look, I'm not an idiot. I've been following this league long enough. Nick Sirianni is more than likely going to win coach of the year. I'm not going to disagree with what you're saying there because it's going to happen. The dude's 13 and one. He's done an amazing job. It is his second year, though. A, he had his first year. Yes, he led the Eagles to the playoffs last year. I'll give him that. To lead them to the playoffs two years in a row, Sirianni does deserve a lot of credit for what he's done with the Eagles. The Eagles look like an absolute disaster the year that Peterson left. Wentz stunk up the joint. It was an absolute nightmare. Sirianni comes in. A lot of people doubting Jalen Hurts literally took a year, really. Last year, Jalen Hurts looked good, not great. But the Eagles were kind of up and coming this year. They get him some, you know, get him some extra talent on both sides of the football. Jalen Hurts is all of a sudden an MVP candidate. So no doubt about it. But when you look at the two things of what Shanahan has been through and what Sirianni has been through, I don't see how Kyle Shanahan should not win coach of the year. I get it. You coach the best team in the league and your record's 13 and one. Sure. I, that, that's how it's been for years. But the guy who's dealt with injuries at the starting quarterback position twice lose the dude that you wanted to turn the franchise over to two weeks into the season. Then you have the dude that led you to the Super Bowl, and now it looked like he was about to lead you to another one. He goes down in week 13, and you're down to a rookie quarterback with hardly any NFL experience, and Brock Purdy is playing like the next coming of Joe Montana. It's incredible what Shannon, and then what he's done with McCaffrey, what he's done with his offense winning the amount of games that they have. People say, oh, but their defense is so great. But Kyle Shanahan's not, like, he he is. You know, I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does on the defense as well. Like, yes, it is, uh, it's uh, D'Amico Ryan's defense, and he's been the coordinator, and Kyle Shanahan's known as an offensive guy. But you're not the head coach of a team for four to five years, 
and not help out on the defense. Like he's the head coach of this team. And I think he gets, should get credit for this entire team, not just the offense. That's and what, what the I'm defense saying. is doing is, you know, it's, it's phenomenal. It's outstanding. The whole team, we got six pro bowlers should be seven. If, uh, you know, McCaffrey didn't get snubbed, but that, you know, you got a lot of talent on this roster and it takes a leader to put that talent all together and to get the system working and Shanahan and this entire coaching staff has done that. Forget McCaffrey, Drake Greenlaw, man, that yeah. dude, oh. that dude has been electric this season. Yeah, Outerworldly. And I know we talked about it all off season, Chevy. We brought this up with this debate that this is more than likely the last season that we get to see Fred, Dre and disease play together because there's no way we're going to have enough money to pay for Aziz and Dre last year. Well, it was we, we already signed Dre. So it, it's, uh, it's he, now he, up to that. We're going to be extended, man. Dre is Dre is playing for, because Dre got, I think it was only got one year deal or something. It, it was a two year, two, two year until oh, it was a two year. Okay. Yeah. So then that's not bad. So then we already did resign him. Uh, because I'm like, if, if it's, we it's did Aziz, him, though, but but you're right. We're not going to have Aziz and Dre yeah. and Fred. You know, no. you can't retain that. But, no. you know, the linebacker position is so deep. Even when we've seen some injuries, Demetrius Flanagan Foles has stepped up. Oren Burks, who has looked really good on special teams, has stepped up here and there. And you know what? Like, I trust our, our, uh, our front office in uh, developing players and drafting in the late rounds. Who knows if we uh, find another linebacker gem to play alongside Warner and Greenlaw? No question. And that's what uh, my next thing I was about to say. Warner and Greenlaw are looking like the next coming of Bowman and Willis. Like with the yep. way that they're playing, the command that they have of this defense, it's uh, it's unbelievable. And Freddie, like some weeks he's been better than others. Like I'd say, obviously last year he knew that he didn't have the greatest season. This year he's been on fire, but Greenlaw has been even more on fire. It's the two of them together. They make this offense, or not offense, this defense run. And it's crazy when we talk about this defense, the depth, like you mentioned, has been incredible. Defense has been absolutely like amazing all year long. This defense is so good. This is where you see it in January. We say you need a defense like this to win in playoff games. This defense is good enough to do that. And that's what I'm saying. I, I want to see how they match up against the Minnesota Vikings. I want to see how they match up against the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys. See what this defense can do. And if anyone else, because as of right now, nobody's been able to move the ball. The only team that's been able to move the ball against his defense was Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And that was when everybody was still banged up. Charvarius Ward played when he shouldn't have. Bosa played when he shouldn't have. There were like a countless amount of other dudes that played in that game when they shouldn't have. They played banged up. So that's a little bit of a thing. The Falcons, Mariota went out there and looked like, you know, this dude came out looking look, looking like Tom Brady. That was different. Bosa wasn't playing. Ward wasn't playing. Armstead wasn't playing. Like, our, pretty much our whole defense was out that game. So that was a whole different story. Since we've had our guys back, and now Armstead comes back, Javon Kinlaw's coming back on Saturday, this defense is getting healthier. Nobody's been able to move the ball at all against this defense. Nobody has been able to do Jack against his defense, man. They have been flawless. And if D'Amico Ryans does not get a coaching job at the end of this year, a head coaching job, that will be like literally a straight up crime. He's going to get a head coaching job by the end of this year. I like, I would, 
I'm going to stand by that. I'm not even going to say I'd be shocked if he doesn't because I know he's going to get a head coaching job after this year. He deserves it 120%. Uh, This guy has been incredible. The the Niners have let up 17 or less points in 11 of their 14 games this season. 11 of their 14 games. That that is just unheard of. This defense is just too good. In the second half, too, they're better than they are in the first half, which is unreal. You shut out the Saints. It's just... Every week, this defense makes play after play after play, and you kind of expect it now. Whereas if they don't make a play, you know, something seems to be off with the defense, which is just, you know, outstanding. Hafunga has had a Pro Bowl season. He should be starting in the Pro Bowl over Kronje uh, Diggs, but, you know, whatever. That That's uh, history, but he's been great. Uh, everyone's stepped up on this defense this year. You know, we've talked about the linebackers endless. Uh, you know, one of the big things, Emmanuel Mosley went down at the beginning of the year and we said, I, we don't know how it's going to look uh, across Charvarius Ward. That's a massive injury. Mosley, you know. Verrett goes down too. Yeah, Verrett, Verrett came back and went down right away. And, you know, we haven't really talked about the secondary because it's been so solid. Demo, I got to give credit to Demo. He's Fantastic. stepped up and has played that outside corner position across Charvarius Ward and has been fantastic. You know, everyone's trying to, you know, target Demo because Charvarius Ward's on that other side and he has been locked down for the majority of the season. So credit to him. That's another fifth round gem that John Lynch found in the draft last year. Uh, you know, Ambry Thomas has been uh, more of a special teams kind of guy, but Demo has looked good. And Sam Womack been, being playing nickel most of the year, uh, a rookie. It's just a credit to this defense, you know, stepping up in big situations, even after injuries, Kinlaw injury, Ridgeway injury. The defensive line has looked good. So big shout out to this defense. That's what I'm saying. Like it does, it hasn't mattered who goes down and who comes up and who's the next man up they've been even better. And it's not even just on defense, the whole team. Because like, look look at even how Brock Purdy just managed to step in. I was so impressed. I was, can't even tell you how impressed I was in that Miami game. Like, my head was, I think not just myself, but a lot of us across the fan base, when Jimmy went down, that was the main focus. But, like, it was crazy because even after that game, I'm sitting there thinking, because Garoppolo goes down, I'm thinking far ahead. I'm like, shoot, man. Was that it? Like, are, are we are we are we gonna get it? Like, is that is the Super Bowl dreams just done? But then I'm sitting here thinking, and I'm like, holy shit! Like, that was an amazing game. That was an absolute. Like, what this defense did, what Brock Purdy did, what this offense. Like, Jimmy goes down, and they literally just looked at each other and were like, mm, the show goes on, and they played lights out. They kicked Miami's ass. Miami hasn't been able to rebound since that loss. Then they played Tampa. Tampa needs to win. Tampa's already down bad. And the Niners just made it even worse. They, like, beat the absolute snot out of the Buccaneers. And then Seattle comes in. They win 21-13 on Thursday. That game was... The Niners dominated that game so much more than that score tells. I think, well, the big story about that game, it's a Thursday night after a Sunday night. You know, the Niners are already banged up. The goal out of that game is to get out of there without an injury. Yes, you're playing the Seahawks and you want to secure that win so you can take, so you secure the division, which they did in the end. But the biggest news out of that game is, you know, we didn't get hit with the injury bug afterwards. And you have this long week 
to prepare for the Commanders on Saturday, whereas the Commanders technically have a short week because they played on Sunday. So I, a lot of advantages coming down the stretch. Commanders, Raiders, Cardinals. Cardinals, they don't have Kyler. They don't have Colt McCoy. They're, uh, you know, just out, out to lunch. You know, they, they're going to have a high draft pick this year. I would be shocked to see if Cliff Kingsbury comes back. They're just looking like a franchise that just needs help. A huge hot mess. Washington's actually fighting for a position. So I think this game is going to be, you know, more exciting than people give credit for. Uh, Chase Young's back for the commanders. So that's going to be, I think it's going to be more of a defensive battle. You know, Taylor Heineke, he brings the energy for the commanders, but kind of like Jimmy G, you know, you're never really too certain what uh, Heineke can bring. And he's faced a lot of tough defenses, uh, playing in the NFC East, one of the best divisions in football right now. But the Niners' defense is just different, and I think we're going to give them a lot of troubles in this matchup come Saturday. But you're right. Brock Purdy has been that guy when we've needed him to. You know, I've just been impressed the way he's able to scan the offense and read it, go through his progressions, and he's able to hit the, the next man open. And he's just been doing it consistently. You know, he had a couple plays that one dropped into, I believe, uh, against the Seahawks. Uh, there's been a couple plays like that, but, you know, he's really been uh, consistent. You know, maybe he's a system quarterback, but who cares? If he can run the system and win us games, he can take us to the Super Bowl. In that case, isn't everybody a system quarterback then? Patrick Mahomes I mean, yeah. has been partnered with Andy Reid. I wonder what Patrick Mahomes would do without Andy Reid. Would he be as successful going to AFC Championships? Patrick Mahomes might be might be going to Pro Bowls every year, but I don't know if he's going to AFC Championships. Tom Brady's the same thing. Tom Brady's six and eight this year. Might be because he's forty five and he's fallen off a, yeah. a little bit, right? There might be that's when Tampa's also silly stacked as well. But him and Bill Belichick were, were paired for for twenty years. They went to Super Bowls nonstop, right? I think it yeah, has but, a lot but then to do. Tom Brady won the Super Bowl with Tampa in 2020, which kind of took away that system tag. But I know what you're getting at. Yeah, no question, exactly. But I, I understand. No, I understand what you're saying. And this sometimes it's, yeah, when you're paired with an amazing coach and a great offense, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, when you move teams, the same thing, right? Like Stafford. Stafford's an excellent player. He moves to the Rams. But that team had superstar talent, right? Brady moves to Tampa. They had superstar talent. That's kind of more what I'm saying in that way. But no, I understand. It, that argument can go either way. But yeah, absolutely. Brock Purdy, for two reasons here, is success. Number one, we talked about it at the top of the episode. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is putting him in the in the best positions to succeed. Number two, Brock Purdy is making some throws that make you sit there and be like, how like what like I have never I've watched five years of Jimmy Garoppolo and I've never seen a throw out of him like that it is amazing some of the throws that Brock, Brock Purdy just plays with no fear and it's been three games the Miami game I was blown away with him to step in like that against a good Dolphins team play the way that he did I was absolutely blown away the Buccaneers game was just even better I was like even not even blown away at that point I was just like this kid's the real deal. Like, he is not scared of crap. And I think he's going to go in there in the playoffs, and it's not even going to phase the dude. This team's already, let alone, so good. that, And Kyle Shanahan's already so good as a play caller. Brock Purdy's going to be fine, but it's not even just that, Chevy. It's what he does. It's the throws that he makes that you don't expect him to make where you're sitting there like, 
yo, this dude's different. Like he's di- and like you said too, it's like you mentioned it, how he scans the field, how he's so poised in the pocket. He goes through his progressions, goes through different reads. The one play against Seattle that I was just like, wow, wasn't even a play. It was like fourth and inches. No, it was third down and then it was going to be fourth down. And instead of sending out the punt unit, Purdy tells Shanahan, put them all on the sidelines. I'm going to hurry up to the line and we're going to try to snap the ball here. And I was like, mm-hmm. and then they ended up getting the offside too. I was like, now that right there for a dude who is starting his second game on a short week, mind you, that is something that he just did in his second start that Aaron Rodgers does, that Patrick Mahomes does, that Josh Allen does, that Peyton Manning did. That was something that a Hall of Fame quarterback does, and Brock Purdy did it in his second start. That was incredible. There's just, I'm telling you, there is, yes, he has Kyle Shannon as head coach if he was with anyone else. You know, I think Brock Purdy is a good quarterback, but he may be more like Taylor Heineke. But because he's with Kyle Shanahan and on top of playing for Kyle Shanahan, he's making these plays and making these decisions that like he's in his 10th year. That makes it so amazing for Brock Purdy. Yeah, I mean, he also has the perfect safety blankets in the league. Christian McCaffrey is the number one safety blanket. Uh, George Kittle's a safety blanket oh, yeah. just sitting in the middle of the field getting like 10, 12 yards. And then Brandon Ayuk's his deep shot. I mean, I think what's crazy is we've seen so many deep shots from Purdy and they've been successful. That's you what know, I love. I, it. I love it. I man. think he's in the top five in, uh, you know, 10 to 19 yards plays like in the air air yard plays which is just you know it's it's absurd for a quarterback we've seen jimmy g what he does is he gets these quick slants out and you know he gets our uh our playmakers in action and going but brock purdy's you know he's he's showing the threat of the deep shot which opens up the defense more maybe you go with two safeties it opens up the run game it just opens up the offense a lot and, you know, big credit to Brock Purdy during the season, staying, uh, you know, late at practice and going with uh, Brian Grease, the quarterback's coach. Brian Grease, he deserves some love, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm going to take, I'm gonna take two was, seconds. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. No, literally just two seconds. I'll let you finish. No, Brian Greasy, what he's done in his first season, like he got a lot of, there was a lot of people skeptical about that hire. Trey Lance, I don't think we got to see Trey Lance, be Trey Lance, but that Seattle game, you started to see it before he got hurt. Trey Lance could have ended up being Brock Purdy, but again, we will find out next year. Maybe we won't. Who the hell knows? That's a story for another day. But Lance was coming up, right? Coming into a situation with a quarterback with limited experience, Greasy taking that on, he was ready for the challenge. Then he deals with Jimmy Garoppolo, who they had no relationship this entire offseason, mind you. Brian Greasy and Jimmy Garoppolo literally met like maybe a week ago before, well, like, they met, but, like, it was, like, a very, like, hey, how's it going? Like, it wasn't like, hey, I'm your coach for this season. That didn't happen until Garoppolo was signed a week before the season started. And now what he's done with Brock Purdy, Brian Greasy deserves some love, man. Dude dude has been unbelievable for this team. Yeah, like, I, I feel like no one, I, some people are giving him credit, but he's been very overshadowed. Everyone's like, oh, look at the amazing job Kyle Shanahan's doing. Agreed. But Brian Greasy... First season as a quarterback's coach, you know, coming from an analyst, gets all the heat, as you said, and then takes three different quarterbacks and has them succeed. Like, hello? I I mean, again, Trey Lance, uh, you know, it was very unfortunate what happened. But for him to be able to build these connections and get these quarterbacks ready for game action, the next man up mentality, I mean, 
a big shout out to him and what he's done with these quarterbacks. But yeah, he stayed behind late. And, you know, while Jimmy G was, you know, still the starter, Brock Purdy wanted to learn every play that Jimmy G was doing. So if the time happened and Jimmy G got injured, Purdy could step in there like there was no problem at all. And you saw that exactly in the Dolphins game, and it carried over to him starting against the Buccaneers and the Seahawks. And another thing about the Seahawks game, Brock Purdy was injured. He had a rib injury, and he's played through the rib injury. Now, this isn't the first time we've seen a quarterback play through an injury for the Niners. Let's talk about the playoffs last season where Jimmy G had two separate injuries, the thumb injury and the shoulder injury, and led us to the NFC Championship but that's the thing. Purdy was able to get in there with an injury, didn't complain once, and got us the win. You know, I'm just I'm just extremely impressed with how this team's rolling, how it's not just one person carrying this team, how every single person is contributing to this team. And I just want to segue back to the O-line because I know we mentioned, we talked about it briefly at the beginning, but going into the year, the interior O-line, that was marks. the biggest question mark on the team. You looked at the team, position, like uh, skill position, we were set. Quarterback, Trey Lance, Jimmy G, we were set. Defensive line, we were set. Uh, mm-hmm. Linebackers, we were set. Our secondary was much improved after getting Traverius Ward. The biggest question was going to be the interior of this offensive line. Aaron Banks has been Phenomenal. lights out. Jake Brendel at center. Who everyone's like, Pro who Bowl is this alternate, guy? man. Hey, Pro Bowl alternate, Pro Bowl alternate. Jake Brendel. That, that's mad impressive. Every, every, every uh, bit of success. And Spencer Burford hasn't had necessarily the best season of the rest of the offensive line, but he has been solid and Brunskill has been there helping out when needed. I just, you know, Mike McGlinchey, he, he had a poor start to the season and uh, a no poor ball, start Mike, last man. year. He, he has improved this year. he's had his moments he's had his moments like i don't mike mike catches a lot of slack but just some moments where there'll be a penalty and it's more times than that it ends up being on mike and it's like man i don't know but mcglinchy he's had his moments (laughs) he's been better than last year but i wouldn't quite say he's been amazing or anything like compared to the other four i said improved I, yeah you know, improved improved yeah i would agree i would agree with that trent Strent, trent is still anchoring this entire thing man he like I, I couldn't be more happier for him winning the division and then hey we get to play he gets to play his old team i know he's gonna come out with a little extra oh. little extra motivation um on saturday but I, like you meant jake brendel coming in we didn't know what that was gonna happen at the center position right we thought we were kind of expecting Alex Mack to come back. He retires. Brendel, who has you know limited reps at the center position, has been amazing. To be a Pro Bowl alternate for a dude like that is was such an unknown at the beginning of the season. Awesome. Spencer Burford's been good. Spencer Burford, honestly, as a rookie, I would have thought the dude would have had his moments to struggle, and he has. But he has been very good for a rookie, and I think Shanahan has. At first, I was kind of like, what the hell is he trying to do by by putting in Brunskill every once in a while and just rotating the two? I was like, isn't that going to kind of screw up the chemistry and the consistency? No, it hasn't really skipped a beat. Brunskill's been just as good when he's in there. Brunskill's always been good every time he's he's in there. But then Aaron Banks, yo, this this dude, we were were like on his ass all offseason about what is Aaron Banks going to do? Last year, he was kind of in the doghouse and 
We lose Lake and Tomlinson, who's been a huge part of this offensive line for the past four years. You know, now Aaron Banks is taking over. How is he going to do? Aaron Banks has been flawless. Absolutely flawless. I don't know if it's been playing aside Trent Williams or what this dude did. Aaron Banks has been awesome this entire season, man. He deserves a lot of love. But going back to the offense before we move, I want to talk a little about this um, game coming up on Saturday against the Commanders. But I want to circle back to the offense real quick. Don't you kind of see, is it just me or like, do you kind of sense that Shanahan is coaching differently with Brock Purdy in a good way? You mentioned it. You're like, there's more deep shots. This offense seems to be, you know, we didn't see the kind of creative plays like we saw on Thursday night. The going for it on fourth and being aggressive with like 20 seconds late in the half against Tampa and then scoring a touchdown. I have never seen this out of Kyle Shanahan in the six years of him being a head coach for the 49ers. It's always been field goal range or punt it away or, you know, being conservative. And we were all like, Shanahan, what the hell? Like, be more aggressive here. You're now all of a sudden it's like, well, Brock Purdy. They're being aggressive and they're and they're playing good. And it's like this is what I've wanted. I see a difference because Shanahan was never and don't get me wrong because you know me. I love Garoppolo. I've always been pro Jimmy, but from what I've seen for the past two and a half games of Brock Purdy, just from the eye test, and they look really good. I love the aggressiveness. Yeah, you're talking about the aggressiveness and how many times have we seen him with Brock Purdy go for it on like fourth and short where he would never do that with Jimmy G, which is kind of surprising. But yeah, he has trust in Purdy, which you don't really see usually in rookie quarterbacks or even quarterbacks under Kyle Shanahan. So it is impressive to see that. And now going back to the Aaron Banks points, let's just take a look at the 2021 draft. You know, Trey Lance can't really put a bubble on it, but Aaron Banks... Looks like a star uh, line uh, O lineman, Trey Sermon, Ambry Thomas, maybe a special teams kind of guy, depth kind of guy. Jalen Moore, another depth kind of guy. Demo is a starter for your team. Hafunga's a star, and Elijah Mitchell, when he's healthy, is a star running back. That is so much value out of you know, and you're not even talking about the third overall pick in the draft. The rest of the value that you get from this team, especially in the third and fifth rounds, it's just ridiculous what uh, John Lynch has been doing and the pro scouts have been doing for the 49ers. And, you know, when we lose D'Amico Ryans, as we've already preluded to happening, the Niners will get more third round picks, which is just more slots where uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and the rest of the pro scouting team or the amateur scouting team will hit on some players. So it's just, I just got to give a big shout out to the scouting team and John Lynch and what they've done to develop and uh, draft talent. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, man. We've, we've had some hits. We've had some misses like every general manager and every front office does, but man, the, the development's been incredible where we saw, look at um, Talanoa Hufanga, Aaron Banks, both prime examples of that guys who didn't really get much playing time last season, right? They sat a season. Well, Huff was more special teams. Banks sat the whole year. This year, they're both starters, and they've been phenomenal, right? Hofunga is a freaking pro bowler. Like, that's exceptional. He's been playing on a whole other level. I also want to give some love to Tayshawn Gibson. Coming in a week before, this dude literally kicked Jimmy Ward, who's a team captain, out of his normal position. You don't see that every day. Tayshawn Gibson has been fantastic. He has fit in this defense so well. And Jimmy Ward then moved, got forced to move to the nickel corner. 
And at first we were kind of like, I don't know about this because he was struggling a little bit, but that's kind of normal when you're playing another position. Once Jimmy Ward played the nickel for maybe two, three weeks, dudes looked sick. Like he has looked way better. And here's a point I want to make that I don't think a lot of people have talked about here, Chevy. We lost Kwan Williams, who was arguably the best nickel corner in the league. Sorry that he had to go to Denver. My bad about that. Um, but, 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 the way Kwan Williams played the nickel was he would come off blitzes. He would hit hard. It was that that physical, quick presence. You know what I'm saying? Like the kind of the way yeah. Hofunga plays. Jimmy Ward has played exactly like that, if not better. And Jimmy Ward's always been like that at safety. He's always been the hard hitter. He's always coming in quick. Like, Jimmy Ward has always been that guy at safety. But now he's got to be that guy at nickel. He has been exactly like K1 mm-hmm. Williams, if not more. Sammy Womack was getting there, but he's still young, right? He's, and he's been a little into banged up, right? The, the time will come for Sammy Womack. He is a good up-and-coming player. But Jimmy Ward is a vet. He's been playing the best football of his life the last three, four seasons. For him to come in, lose his original position due to injury, we're not even like he just lost it, just Gibson was playing lights out, to move to nickel, a position that he's not familiar with, and play, it's almost like losing K1 Williams is nothing. That was the one thing I think you and I were both concerned about at the beginning of the season of, shoot, we're losing K1 Williams, like he's a big part of this defense. Jimmy Ward's been awesome the last like maybe few weeks, at least during this win streak, Jimmy Ward's been phenomenal at the nickel position. Yeah, and you know, Jimmy Ward was able to step in the nickel position because Tayshawn Gibson has done such an amazing job uh, opposite of Hufunga at the free safety position. It's, you know, it's just finding these guys and, you know, who would have thought Tayshawn Gibson would be one of the best safeties in the league? And the Niners just picked him up right before the season started because Jimmy Ward was injured. So it's just finding these guys and having them, you know, find success in this defense. And again, I know we've shouted him out many times, but a big shout out to D'Amico Ryans and what he's doing with this defense. It's just next man up mentality. And it's really like that with these this Niners defense, especially the D-line too. Drake Jackson has made plays here and there. Son Ridgeway, when he was healthy, was making plays. Uh, Jordan Willis and Charles and Menahue have been making plays as well. This entire defense has been a whole unit and has looked so cohesive. We've gotten to the quarterback quick, which has made them throw to in coverages they don't want to. Hafunga has you know, so many interceptions on the year. It's just, it's been incredible to watch. You don't see many times where this defense looks banged up and they look uh, on their heels like they did in the Chiefs game. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm just excited to see if this continues into the uh, postseason when they face tougher teams, as you mentioned, like the Cowboys or the Eagles. No question. No question. All. And then Kinlaw's coming back on Saturday. Kalia Davis might come back at some mm-hmm. point. This D-line just keeps getting better and better. And I know this is a whole discussion for another day in the offseason, but I would love to see a, uh, Vic Fangio get reunited and be our, be our defensive coordinator next season. I feel like oh, this yeah. defense would not would not skip a beat with Vic Fangio as DC. But that's that's a conversation for another day. All right, before we end off here, let's go. Let's talk a little um, playoff standings here. So the Niners play the Commanders on Saturday. Honestly, could very well be a wild card matchup. As of right now, if the season ended today, the Niners would host the Giants. The way that it looks right now, Eagles are pretty much going to win the one seed. If Minshew can get the job done in Dallas to, uh, on Saturday, I think that might be a wrap. They'll get the one seed. NFC playoffs go through Philly. Minnesota... 
Well, the Niners were supposed to have the two seed. Instead, Indianapolis decided to make history and, <laughs> and blow a 33-point lead. I mean, hey, whatever whatever floats your boat. You want to make history by blowing a 33-point lead? So be it. The Vikings are Jekyll and Hyde. I don't know. Like, this team. Oh, my God. Oh, like, my God. Don't even get me started with the Vikings. I've see, watched almost every game this season, and I don't understand how they win. They all So, they always look terrible. Kirk Cousins doesn't look good, and they win by 10 points. It's the most, like, their point differential is, like, minus one, minus two. It's just nuts. This team does not deserve to be 11-3, and three, and yet they're 11-3. and three. The Vikings scare me for all the wrong reasons. They don't scare me as in a team where like, oh my God, I think they can beat me. The Vikings scare me because I don't know what to expect. They're like, they're like, does that kind of make sense where it's like, yeah. I don't want to play the Vikings and we lose on some stupid BS of like, the Vi- we're up 20, 24, nothing and the Vikings come back. Like the Vikings, they'll come back from nothing or they'll get blown out by 30. They make no sense. You don't know what you're going to get, who you're going to get on any given day. Like, they'll just turn it on like it's nothing. And But then they'll play Dallas and lose by 30. They'll play Philly and lose by 21. Then they'll look like crap against Indy. And then in the second half, they'll just be like, nope, let's show up and play football and win the NFC North. But we'll be down 33 first. They just, they don't make sense. They have a ton of talent. They have all the pieces there. I'm with you. They're 11-3. and three. I don't know how, because they've all been one-score <laughs> games. All of them. But here's the thing with the Vikings. Last year, they lost all their one-score games. Now, this year, they're putting it together, and they're winning all these one-score games. I still, I'm still, i still not scared of them for the reason. Like, if the Niners end up playing them in the divisional round, which very well could happen, I'm not scared of it at all. Our defense is so freaking good. I just, You know what I'm saying? I'm not scared. Of the, uh, yeah. But I'm just scared of the unknown, and that is what the Minnesota Vikings are. They're the complete, utter unknown. You have no idea what the hell you're going to get. Cousins could be could be looking like crap for like you know the first thirty minutes of a game throwing four interceptions and then throw five touchdowns the next five minutes. You don't you just you just don't know. So the Vikings are there. They got a game. They got a game up on the Niners. All the Niners need to do is tie them and they would get the two seed because of the better NFC record. Niners currently sit at the three. They can't drop any lower because one they beat Tampa and they got a four game lead up on whoever the hell wins the NFC South and that division's not even worth talking about. Then you got Cowboys. <laughs> Cowboys pretty much locked into the five. Giants sit at the six after that big win against the Commanders. And then Commanders sit at the seven. Seahawks, Lions, Packers in the hunt. Packers still have a dying chance. I would You can't ever count out Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Lions are playing hot right now. And Seattle yeah. is kind of on the downside right now. And they go into Arrowhead on Saturday. So good luck to them. Yeah, Out the of team these- I think is going to make it is the Lions. Uh, I you think know, so too, man. I really Dan do. Dan Campbell is he's he just brings energy that I love that it just you know everyone feeds off his energy the defense has finally clicked and figured it out I mean they got so much young talent Jeffrey Akuda finally is living up to his potential as the third overall pick Aiden Hutchinson has looked great uh you know the second overall pick last year they are a fun team and I would say arguably their offense is the most underrated offense in the league. Their offensive line is probably the best, if not top three in the league. They have wide receiver weapons. Amon Ross St. Brown looks like a true number one. Mm-hmm. Jamison Williams. I mean, man, they were waiting for him to come back and he looks, and he's worth every penny they spent to trade up to get him. 
that's two great wide receivers. DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams is a good tandem in the backfield. And they trust Jared Goff. He's a veteran. You know, he led the Rams to postseason success before. You can't just, you know, get rid of that. He lost the Super Bowl to Tom Brady, but he's been in the Super Bowl before. The Ram- the Lions, man, if they continue to win and sneak into that uh, wildcard position and they face, uh, you know, the Vikings. I'm not mad at I'm that. I'm not necessarily sold on the Vikings beating them. I mean, I'm not mad I think at the that, Vikings bro. can beat them, and I think they'll probably be will beat them but the lions will give them a fighting chance the lions always do they always play hard in every game that they have and if the vikings get the two seed and the lions end up squeaking in as the seven i'm not mad at that because i think the lions would give the vikings an absolute run for their money even Mm -hmm. on the road like this lions team i've been saying it for so long when they were like one in 12 and nobody was paying attention to them i was still watching lions games because there was no shortage of drama in any detroit lions football game you watch this team you are guaranteed drama and entertainment win or lose. But this Lions team never, ever stopped fighting under Dan Campbell. They may have lost 12 in a row. They may have lost nine in a row, six in a row, whatever it was. They didn't give up. Now they're winning games and they can't stop. That is scary. And the Lions play hard. I would not be surprised if they end up squeaking in. And if the Niners knock off the Commanders on Saturday and the Lions win against Carolina, look out. Look out right there. The Lions have won six of their last seven, and their only loss was by three points to Buffalo. Well, barely, in man. Buffalo. Two seconds. Yeah. Two seconds. That, exactly. No, that, that was that was a home game. That was in Detroit on Thanksgiving. But, oh, you're, but right, still, you're right. You're right. But still, but still, that was like with two seconds left. Like they fought tooth and nail against that Buffalo team. Yeah, yeah. You know, I again watch the Lions. They're so much fun. The Panthers, not so much. Eesh. So yeah, I, I think the Lions will be there. Although the Panthers. They also can still have get a in, chance man. of winning because of the worst division in football. Yeah, the NFC that's a big South. game. That's a big game. Yeah. There, are, there are a lot of games this week that you wouldn't expect to be big games. Lions, Panthers yeah. playing for playoff spots. Jaguars, Jets tonight playing for playoff spots. Oh, that's a big game. You don't, you don't, you don't expect these out of these teams. But hey, man, that's the fun of it in the NFL late in the season. Um, bottom line, before we finish this off here, I think there's not a team in the NFC I'm honestly scared of. If I'm the Niners, this defense mm-hmm. is so damn good. I'm not scared of it. They could go toe to toe with anybody. Purdy keeps doing what he's doing with this team and just lets everybody else do the work and he's just got to make the throws and does what he's got to do. And if he stays as calm, cool, and collected as he's been, I'm not scared of nobody in the NFC, man, not even Philly. I think the Niners will be all right. They got to stay the course here, play for seeding, see how this kind of balances out. I don't mind the Giants in the first game. I'm not scared of them at all. None of these teams scare me. But if we do play the Commanders in the the wildcard round, Saturday will be a nice, you know, a nice first meeting, right? Get a chance to kind of see how we match up against them. I think Purdy and Heineke's game is are very similar. They both play, you know, very similar. They both got they both can sling the rock. They're both fighters. They'll play through injuries. Um, Purdy's a little better. But you know, we'll see how they go with their head to head, but it should be interesting there. But um the NFC playoffs, it's so, so super wide open, and we're going to find out what happens on uh, Saturday. Niners got Commanders, Raiders, Cardinals, last three games of the season before wildcard weekend. Let the fun begin. The Niners already punched their tickets, so next three weeks is really just about seeding, and the fun begins on wildcard weekend. Um, final thoughts? Yeah, you know, they've had seven in a row. Let's make it ten in a row to finish off the season strong. You got Do you want that, opponents. though? Would you yep. rather have? Would you rather have this team go into the playoffs winning ten in a row, or have they drop one? 
I'd rather them win 10 in a row. You know, mm. might as well go on a winning streak. Uh, I mean, if they lose a game, I don't think it's the end of the world. And yeah, maybe it gives Brock Purdy, oh, he's lost a game. You know, he's not necessarily the god that everyone expects him to be. But I would rather them win out because, you know, keep that mentality going. Keep that uh, no one can beat us mentality and keep, and bring it into the uh, postseason. Yeah, no, no question. No question, man. It's it, it should be a lot of fun and we'll see what happens. And again, I want to quickly shout out Bosa, Hofanga, Juice. Juice has made the Pro Bowl for like five or six straight times now. Kittle, Freddie, and Trent. Congratulations on making the Pro Bowl. And then Brendel, Robbie, CMC, Ray, Ray, Ray McLeod, man. I got to give him two seconds of love right now. Ray, Ray McLeod has been an underrated signing. This dude has been awesome mm-hmm. on specialties. Debo Samuel, Traverius Mort, and Wish as Pro Bowl alternates. Congratulations to them as well. Niners take on the Commanders, but hey, man, we're going to the playoffs, and the Rams are not. Sorry, I had to put that out there. But anyways, um, that'll do it for this week's episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Niners NFC West champions, and wildcard weekend coming up in a few weeks. Should be a lot of fun. We'll see what the Niners can do on Christmas Eve. Enjoy another week of uh, Christmas football, friends, and we will see y'all next time, whether it's next week in a few weeks, hopefully sometime before the playoffs. And don't forget to give the 49er way a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. And hope everyone has a great Christmas. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Keep a lack. We got a lot more off-season content coming your way. And don't forget to give the 49 Away a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis.